Hey, everybody. Woo. Good morning, everyone. I'm Kimberly DePersia. This is National Holidays, the Holidays podcast. And I'm joined with my wonderful host, Elaine. And she's dressed up. Why? Because it is National Dress Your Pet Up Day today. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. All right. It is, uh, it is January 14th, 2003. It's a Saturday morning, which is why I'm, I'm a little later than, than usual. I slept in. Okay, guys. I slept in. Oh, I slept in. All right. Um, but uh, we have a lovely s- sketch for you today. Hold on just a moment. Starring Miss Elaine and myself as well, as well as Jennifer Callison and her cat, Charlie. Here's Charlie. Oh my God, so cute. <laughs> He's not dressed up at all. You just put a bow tie on him. It's just a hint suggestion of being dressed up. Well, he's in a tuxedo and I think he's wearing it quite well. Ooh. Okay, but it's National Dress Up Your Pet Day. You didn't exactly dress him up. He was born dressed up. The bow tie completes the look. I went through a lot of effort picking the right outfit, making sure it fits. Yeah, I'm not gonna put a full outfit on a cat. I'm not a masochist. (laughs) And he even cleaned his tux last night and this morning. Oh, and uh, there he goes. He's cleaning it again. (laughs) He's such a dapper little man. Who's a dapper little man? Eeyore! We're gonna go to the park. Yelling. All right, so that sketch was written by Jennifer Callison, um, starring herself, Charlie, Elaine, and me. So, yes, that was a very difficult sketch to film. We we had to film it in parts because we brought Elaine into the house and Charlie, like, he, like, ran away. And so we had to film the cat separately and the dog separately. And that was not fun editing <laughs> this sketch because it was different pieces of the puzzle. And I'm, it actually went pretty seamless. So, woo So, yeah. National Dress Up Your Pet Day. So let's learn about National Dress Up Your Pet Day with nationaltoday.com. All right, National Dress Up Your Pet Day. We want you to go all out. Celebrating by, celebrate by dressing up your furry family member in comfortable pet clothing. Maybe even get matching outfits. Ooh, if you want to get crazy. You know, if it were any normal day, people would be staring at you, at your dog, at your street. They would be like, what are you doing? But on National Dress Up Your Pet Day, because everybody knows, right? We all know these holidays. Hello. Um, <laughs> uh, it is uh, not only accepted, but also encouraged. So who's the angel responsible for this holiday? It was started in 2009 by celebrity pet lifestyle expert and animal behaviorist Colleen Page. It celebrates pets and helps to support the pet fashion community. Oh, yeah. We just like we need to be spending more money on our on our pets, just giving them more fancy outfits. Uh, The chance only comes once a year to wow the neighbors and unleash the inner diva of your favorite pooch or cat. Right. Hello. Or iguana or fish. If you can dress up a fish. All the power to you. So uh, make sure your dog is dressed or animal 
as I said, or guinea pig, whatever. We are bird. Dress up your bird day, too. And make sure they're dressed up for the occasion. So, yay. Awesome. Next, we have National Hot Pastrami Sandwich Day. Ugh. I, I, I don't eat meat. I mean, I eat fish, but that's it. But I don't eat meat. So, I've never, I don't think I've ever had a pastrami sandwich, even though I lived for almost 20 years in two decades in New York and I was right by the famous Cat's Deli. I, I did go there, but I never ate pastrami sandwiches. But um, there's nothing like the smoky goodness of the pastrami sandwich. Long considered an icon of the classic New York deli, this delicious gift has made it out of the boroughs to delis around the world. Lucky you! National Hot Pastrami Sandwich Day is today and our mouths are watering just thinking about how we're going to celebrate so go eat yourself some hot pastrami sandwich. I am looking at that picture, and it's disgusting to me in every way. I hate mustard, and I don't eat meat. I can eat the bread and the chips. Yeah. All right. Next, we have cesarean section day, and we also have a sketch. Yeah. To celebrate. We got some early sketches going on today with these. So... While I load this. All right. Without further ado, our cesarean section sketch. Here, it's time. Uh, time for what? Are you serious? Oh, you're serious? Okay, okay. Don't panic. Stay calm. I've been playing for minutes. I knew what you were thinking. What the hell is that? What? It's a Caesar salad. I... You simple fool of a man. The doctor said I needed a cesarean section. Oh, so I, I guess we should go to the hospital? You think? Move! Okay, alright. Get the bag! So that was our cesarean section day sketch written by Andrew Robinson, starring myself and Jonathan Hecht. And um, yeah, that was, we had multiple Caesar salad kits and we did, used one in rehearsal. And then John just went hard at that one during our first take. And it was just, ah, excuse me, Elaine. Um, sorry, she's trying to get this treat. Um, and it was just, it was hilarious. The, my, like our favorite part is there's, when he's opening up the cheese packet, it goes and it just like splatters everywhere, just like goes every flies everywhere. Um, so yeah, that was that was a really fun sketch to to film. So yay, woohoo! So those are our sketches for today. But let's tune in and learn more about these 
holidays. So National Cesarean Section Day. By the way, I was a cesarean baby. I had a cesarean section. My mom had a cesarean section, and then I was I was birthed from her womb, taken out, you know, by appointment by the doctor. Yes. So I was a cesarean section day. So woo. So. So this day is extra special for me, um, as well as a lot of other people. Did you know it's been more than 200 years since the first successful cesarean section was performed? C-section, or cesarean section, is a procedure in which the baby is operated out of the mother's womb by making an incision in the abdomen instead of normal delivery, which is through the vaginal canal, where they push you out. Instead, they just pull you out. Uh, (laughs) Just like that. Cesarean section day was uh, created to credit the first successful cesarean section delivery performed by Dr. Jesse Bennett in 1794. This day is dedicated to the people born through C-section and also to the medical marvel that helped many mothers give birth without any complications. So yay! Yay! Yay to all those moms and babies out there! Woo! Yes, I am very grateful. All right, Feast of the Ass Day. What? Oh, every time we stumble into these, I, I always forget that there's other ones that we didn't choose. And I'm like, man, that's so great. You know, one day we will have a sketch for it. It would be great to have a sketch for every single one of these holidays. Right. Wouldn't that be amazing? And then we just have like a whole. So every single year we just have like we have like five or six sketches that we just have. It, future plans, future plans. Anywho, the Feast of the Ass on January 14th began as a medieval Christian feast and commemorates the Israeli Israelites Israelites ugh, flight into Egypt. It was predominantly observed in France as a variant of the Feast of Fools, which commemorated biblical donkey-related narratives, particularly the donkey, the donkey that carried the Holy Family into Jesus, Egypt following Jesus' birth. Okay, so it's like two different things. So first, first it's the, f- why is it fools? Why are they, do they eat the donkey? I, that'd be really weird. All right, the feast may be a Christian adaptation of the pagan feast, Servolus, and incorporating the nativity stories donkey. It was first held in the thousands and celebrated various Bible stories. Additionally, it had a pseudo-Augustian influence credited to the Sermo Contra de Deus. I don't know what that means. As the Catholic Church publicly condemned the celebration, they publicly condemned it. Wow. They're like, no, you can't do this anymore. In the second half of the 15th century, it became less popular. The Feast of Fools was also condemned during this period. Wow. Both feasts were thought to be improper. But the Feast of Fools was regarded as such far more than the Feast of the Ass. So they were like, okay, if you're going to do one of these feasts, do the Ass Feast, not the Fools Feast. I don't know why. (laughs) The Feast of the Ass honors all the Bible's donkeys. That's so cool. Particularly the one thought to have transported Jesus and his family to Egypt during his flight birth. <laughs> during his flight. Um, the family was escaping Herod the Great's assassination of young boys at the time. The donkey that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday is another biblical account of a donkey. So donkeys are also said to have been present in the manger where Jesus was born. So lots of donkeys. Donkey. I'm trying to say it like like in Shrek. Donkey. Donkey. I don't I don't I don't have the, I don't have the Shrek voice. Um I was going to do that one. So basically what would happen is a girl would ride a donkey through a town to church on the day. As she rode through the streets, people would sing songs about her carrying a baby or being pregnant herself. 
Once the donkey reached the church, it was given food and water and stood near the altar for the service. The crowd would bray back to the priest. They'd go, ah, donkey. And the priest would occasionally bray as well. Now I know why like, the church was like, nah, it's not appropriate. The Feast of the Ass was especially rowdy in the city of Beauvau in northern France. Wow. I want this to come back. I want to see people riding donkeys to churches. Yeah, that sounds amazing. <laughs> yes. When we get a bigger production value, we will do this, and we'll actually get a donkey, and we'll ride that donkey. Yeah. So that sounds amazing. All right. Speaking of production value, <laughs> International Kite Day. Woo! It begins every year on uh, January 2nd. Uh, during Makar Sankranti and ends on January 15th. Gujarat has declared the public, the dates a public holiday. Also, it's two days. You get two days of kites um, so that people can join in the festivities. Kite makers start preparing for the festival months in advance. Markets are packed with knife, the knife, kite aficionados <laughs> and festival goers buying supplies days before the festivities. I'm sorry. I'm, my, my mouth is not working this morning. <laughs> Um, International Kite Day originated in India, where it is most popularly observed in the city of um, um, uh, Ahmedabad in the northern state of Gujarat. In Hindi, the festival is known as the Uttaran, while in other regions of India, it is known as Makar Sakuranti. Um, it was originally a pastime reserved for royalty and the wealthy, but it has evolved into a festival for all. Fantastic. So simple kites. So basically, like, you know, oh, what? Wow, they got kite fighting. Excuse me, hold up. Simple kites made of lightweight colored paper with bamboo flames are the most frequent. Aside from traditional kites, several feature Bollywood celebrities or social themes. Wow. Kite lines are frequently coated with a mixture of rice and crushed glass to aid in kite fighting. What? It's a game where kite flyers try to cut one another's strings and knock down their kites during the festival? That sounds amazing. That should be like a national sport. Wow. During the day, acrobats perform, while at night, illuminated kites known as tukals fill the skies. The night sky is also lit up by fireworks. Hopefully not where the kites are, because that would be a bit of a... <laughs> Although this is an Indian festival, Hindu temples in the United States frequently celebrate it. And because it is an inclusive celebration, everybody can participate. Wow, that's so cool. Um, kite flying was introduced in India in the 1700s. Wow. It was a kite invented in China in 28th century B.C., Wow, and then we all know about Benjamin Franklin demonstrating that lightning is electricity with the aid of a kite in 1752. And then the first International Kite Day was held in 1989. Yeah. Let's go fly a kite up where the air is bright. I'm not really good at fly ki flying, kite flying. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like Charlie Brown when it comes to kites. Yeah. I can't get it up in the air. That's what she said. All right. <laughs> National Unhiu Day. Unhiu Day. Um, it celebrates ooh, a mixed vegetable dish that is a regional specialty of the Guj. Oh, this is another Indian holiday. Wow. So they're just like celebrating it up right now. All right. So they got Kite Day and they got this day too. The Gujarati people of uh, India. The name of this dish is derived from the word Undu, which means upside down. The dish is traditionally cooked upside down, ooh, underground in 
earthen pots called matlu, which are fired from above, opposing the orthodox method of firing from beneath. Wow, that sounds amazing. Whoa, that's so cool. And look at that. It looks delicious. That falafel's in there. Mmm, I love falafels. It is a seasonal dish uh, comprising a wide variety of vegetables that are available on the South Gujarat coastline, including all the encompassing regions during winter, such as green bee. The veggies are then spiced with a dry curry paste that's a mix of various spices and sometimes freshly grated coconut. Ooh. All right, so I'm not eating the hospastrami today, but I'm going to have this if I can find it. I wonder where that is. If anyone in the Orlando area, Central Florida area, is making some untihu today, call me up, comment below, and I want to try this out. Woo. All right. Ooh, National Vision Board Day. I have a vision board that I've made. It's still, it's, I made it like several years ago and I still have it hanging up on my wall. I love vision boards. Um, it's celebrated annually on the second Saturday in January to encourage us to set our goals visually. The day seeks us to reimagine and achieve goals in every area of life by effectively visualizing them to life. It is based on seeing and belie is believing in the sense that if we can imagine, picture something, we can move our lives towards that goal. It was inspired by a group of friends who came together in 2010 to set goals and dream big life dreams in a fun and creative setting. Yay! It was uh, initiated by Kellen Lutz and Ryan Daly in uh, June 2015 to inspire people to action by helping them visually lay down their goals. Cool. Yeah. All right. So make that vision board. I think the hardest part about making a vision board is you have to get the supplies for the vision board, which is why I haven't made more vision boards because you have to get like photos and magazine things. And like back in the day when I was a kid, like those things were just everywhere in your house because print was just the way to go. But as things went more digital, like now you have to go out of your way to specifically buy magazines and buy like things with different, you know, to cut out. Um, so it's much harder but don't let that stop you from making your vision board go out spend the 25 bucks on magazines and paper and and shiznes and scissors and tape and glue and, and you make that vision board you make your dreams come true yeah all right next we have ooh, novi god russian new year all right, so it's the new year in Russia right now. Uh, for, for those wondering why Russians celebrate the new year at this time, you'd be surprised that the date has changed many times over the centuries. Wow. The tradition dates back thousands of years and has a long and complicated history, though. These days, it's a chance for Russians to celebrate twice a year. That's not only the strange tradition. Russians celebrate the new year with their Christmas-like traditions. Oh, interesting. Um, let's see. Oh, they celebrate New Year twice. The first is what was referred to as New New Year. <laughs> I love that. And then the second is the Old New Year for Orthodox. All right. Um, let's see. The New Year begins just before midnight when everyone watches the New Year address by the President of Russia, an annual tradition in which the President makes a speech from the Kremlin, watched by, following by watching the famous Kremlin clock strike midnight. The tradition of having the president give a speech started in 1941 when the Soviet government gave a speech regarding the country's affairs during World War II. <laughs> Eventually, presidents strayed from politics and began speaking about much more cheerful topics such as family values and the holiday spirit. I don't think they're talking about that right now. They're probably talking about the 
Yep, they had just a lot of different calendars, so they, like, switched things around, and, uh, yeah, very cool. All right. Um, organize your home day. Ooh. All right. Organize your home day falls on the 14th this year, and just as the name suggests, it is the time to take stock of all the clutter that has been accumulating in your house. Donate what you can, responsibly discard what you can't, get your diary or digital organizer out, and put together a plan to make your home more cleaner more spacious and more beautiful yeah i really need to do that definitely need to read I'm, I'm looking around it looks really nice behind here but like we have we have just amassed so many props and stuff and costumes for the show that we actually have just we have a dedicated like storage in, in our patio that's just for that but i need a whole new bin to put that in now and we have a lot it's a lot, a lot of stuff. So, yeah, organize your home day. Definitely need to do that today as well. All right, what we got next? Orthodox New Year. Okay, so again, this is kind of going back to the Russian, the the Nova Day, the Novo Day or whatever that is. Um, Novi Day. Orthodox New Year is annually celebrated on January 14th. The Orthodox New Year is widely known as the Old New Year, and it's marked as January 1st in the Julian calendar, which was used before the Gregorian calendar. It's a popular holiday for those practicing the Orthodox faith. During this holiday, the services are usually held with a festive dinner, music, and dancing. It's a traditional holiday where people spend time with their families. It involves serious meditation about personal New Year's resolutions, Though it is important to Orthodox believers, it's not a public holiday. Sorry, I just had to sneeze. Elaine, how are you doing? Hmm? Oh, she was taking a nap. Hey, woo! Okay, now I'm awake. All right, ratification day, what? On ratification day, on January 14th, the United States celebrates the ratification of the Treaty of Paris by the Confederation Congress, which ended the Revolutionary War and established America as an independent nation. Yay! That's awesome. I was getting a little I was getting a little concerned. We were talking a lot about Russia here. And not about America. And I was like, oh, let's turn it into something. And we were also talking about a lot of other countries. But now, yay! US holiday! Now, there is a long road between the conclusion of the Revolutionary War's hostilities and this day, and the treaty still needed approval in Paris after ratification day. But, you know, whatever. You know, all, all paperwork, you know, docu-signs aside, it was on this day that the United States Congress officially declared the war to be over! Yeah! Yeah! Yeah. So, so the Revolutionary War lasted uh, from a April 19th, 1775, through September 3rd, 1783. So it lasted for over eight years. That was a long conflict. Um, Congress issued a declaration of secession of arms against Great Britain on April 11th, 1783, which was affirmed four days later. On September 3rd, 1783, representatives from the United States and Britain signed the Treaty of Paris. Remember when we celebrated? Yeah, it was taking a long time. Um, declaring, oh yeah, they had to like, you know, ship things back and forth. They didn't just like email stuff. All right, they signed the Treaty of Paris, declaring the United States a free, sovereign, and independent nation. Yay! Congress met at the Maryland State House in Annapolis on December 13th, 1783, to ratify the Treaty of Paris. All right, so first the representatives signed it, 
And then Congress, you know, doing what they do, taking a long time to get stuff done. It took them September, October, November, three months to get together. All right. To ratify the Treaty of Paris, only seven of the 13 states were able to assemble the minimum number of representatives until mid-January due to the, oh, it was, there was some winter. All right. Okay. They had a harsh winter. They had, you know, it was hard. It was the 1700s. Like they couldn't just like, I don't know, hop on a plane or whatever, which was marked by intense cold, ice storms and snowstorms because only one delegate from each of New Hampshire and South Carolina had arrived. Oh my God. So only New Hampshire and South Carolina had showed up. <laughs> wow. They were unable to vote. There was no representatives from New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, or Georgia. So they were unable to vote as well. So finally, by January 13th, two delegates. This sounds like such a mess. Jeez. So, hey, Congress never had their shit together. They're taking them days to sign the most important document of the war being over. Jeez. All right. Um, finally, two delegates from Connecticut arrived, granting Connecticut the opportunity to vote on the treaty and raising the total number of states eligible to vote to eight. A delegate from New Jersey also arrived. Yeah, New Jersey. I was born in Jersey. The next day, Richard Beresford, a second delegate from South Carolina, arrived, and then the vote could be cast. The Treaty of, Con of Harris was ratified by the United States Congress on January 14th, 1784, widely known as Ratification Day. Woo! We celebrate this observance to mark the end of the American War of Independence. It is an opportunity to acknowledge the efforts of all those who contributed to creating an independent nation. I can't believe that. Like, Congress taken forever to sign this treaty. Wow. Oh. Next, we have Take a Missionary to Lunch Day. Wow, that's very specific. Um, take a Missionary to Lunch Day. Uh, missionaries can be found in various nations around the world. A missionary is a member of a spiritual collective who has been sent to provide literacy, education, economic development, and healthcare services. This holiday sheds life, light on the good work they do in areas they travel to. So the history of it. So first off, in, in, seven, in 1598, the term mission was coined. The Jesuits adopted this word to denote the act of sending people overseas you know, to spread the word of the Bible. Um, the first Christian missionary was the Apostle Paul, whose work began in 1337 AD. But you know they didn't they didn't, they didn't come up with the word for for a while. It took them a while. Okay, so you know all this stuff happened, and um, let's see when did they decide to? Oh, it got a huge increase in efforts since the 1900s, and a significant boost since the 1974 Lausanne First, the International Congress on World Evangelization in Switzerland. Yeah, so. Cool. 1974 is kind of when when like the Lausanne Congress was held. So very okay. So cool. All right, but take them to lunch today. I I don't know. Oh, and there's an advertisement for Tijuana Flats. So mm, take them to Tijuana Flats if you live in Florida. <laughs> hey, Tijuana Flats is actually pretty good. It's pretty good. I I I, I do like to a good Tijuana Flats like burrito or like a burrito bowl. Uh, this is another great opportunity for us to get some sponsorships. So Tijuana Flats, if you're listening, we got you. All right. World Logic Day. Okay. Ooh, I like this. Um, this holiday was proclaimed on November 26, 2019, by the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization to bring the intellectual history, practical implications, and conceptual significance of logic 
to the attention of science communities as well as the general public. The International Day was conceptualized by the Logica Universalis Association and celebrated for the first time on January 14th, 2019, before the official proclamation. So they like celebrated first and then they were like, yeah, we're going to keep this day. So I love I love logic. So um, let's just talk about logic. So what are types of logic? There are four major types of logic. Informal logic, formal logic, symbolic logic, and mathematical logic. Who is the father of logic? Aristotle is considered to be the father of Western logic, as he was the first to develop a formal system for reasoning. And the association is located on the moon? Huh? I'm sorry, what? I, I gotta read this again. The headquarters of the Logical Universalis Association is on the moon. But... Hold up. Hold up. I, I get it. Why are they messing with us on World Logic Day? That makes no sense. That makes no sense. It is not logical to have the World Logic Federation Corporation headquarters on the moon. There are no people on the moon. Why are they making us blow our logical minds thinking about this? I am, I am not happy about this. I will write them a letter. I am not buying this fake news of their logic on the moon. Does not make sense. On logic day, they're just messing with us. Anyway, that's weird. <laughs> How can you observe world logic day? Think logically, all right? Observe this holiday by applying logic to your daily activities. Use logic. You're just making, just be, like, we should all be more logical in our lives. Every day should be World Logic Day because things are very illogical and a lot of illogical people make illogical decisions that we, like, live by. Um, logic is uh, learn more about it, okay? Spread the word, all right? Use the hashtag World Logic Day, all right? Yeah. Still, I don't get the moon. I don't get the moon at all. That's not. All right. <gasps> Looks like we are back to our birthdays. We got some good birthdays here. All right. So without further ado, I am going to sing happy birthday. Jolene, you want to help me? Yeah? You want to help me sing happy birthday? Come here. Oh, sit up. She's tired. Here you go. Good girl. All right. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Alejandro Rosario, Dave Grawl, Gatsby the Corgi, Jason Bateman, Kai, LL Cool J, Mackenzie Turner. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. Yeah, happy birthday to these people. Let's learn about these. All right, so Alejandro Rosario, he is a TikToker guy. So, again, you know, you can buy your own holiday. All these, was there like a course for TikTokers and influencers on how to buy your holiday on, on like nationaltoday.com? Because it, it just seemed like all of a sudden, like they just propagated that. Dave Grawl, yes, it's his birthday. All right, you know, as we know, he was the drummer of Nirvana. And then he later founded the Foo Fighters. So, yeah, epic. Cool. Damn, he's worth $320 million. Oh, that's a lot of money. All right, we got Gatsby the Corgi. 
Ooh, hopefully Gatsby's getting dressed up today. All right. Uh, he is an internet sensation that has captivated the world with his fluffy fur, petite nature, and playful personality. All right. He is uh, from a Kansas breeder. He's Pembroke Welsh Corgi, a purebred tricolor. Um, he has a YouTube channel uh, that started in 2014 called Vlog After College. However, his increased popularity earned him a personal channel called Great Gatsby Corgi. Um, all right, cool. So $1.5 million, that dog. My gosh, that's a lot of money. Elaine, we got to get you something. You got you to get your own channel. Who wants a channel for Elaine? Yeah, if you would watch Elaine do stuff, comment in below. Yeah, let us know. We got uh, Jason Bateman. Um, we all know Jason Bateman. Oh, I didn't know that he started on Little House of the Prairie. I mean, I just know him for Arrested Development and Ozark, but... You know, a lot of things. Arrested Development was the first time I think I really saw Jason Bateman, but he's a very fun actor. He kind of plays the same part, you know, um, but it's a great part. It's a great type of role. Um, Kai, um, he is a, a K-pop star. Um, cool. He was an EXO as well. I think there was someone else that was an EXO that had a birthday a couple days ago, too. Hello, Cool J. Yeah, what? Rap and hip-hop. First album, Radio, was released, released in 1985. Um, he became the first ever hip hop artist in 2017 to be given an award by Kennedy Center Honors. Yeah, all right, cool. His nickname is Goat Nickelhead. And wow, okay. Um, Mackenzie Turner, she is a, another TikTok star on YouTube. She, oh, she does like Roblox and all that stuff. So cool. All right. Well, anyway. That was really mean. I'm sorry, Mackenzie Turner. I just kind of glossed over your, your birthday, but happy birthday, everyone. And uh, that's our show today. I'm Kimberly to Persia. This is Elaine. Um, if you haven't yet, smash that like button. Smash it, smash it. Um, subscribe. Hit the notification bell um, wherever you're watching uh, so that you're aware next time we, we stream. I'll be doing every day. Um, earlier in the mornings during the weekdays, a little later on the weekends. Um, and check out Envy Pictures. Com and our NV app. Uh, you can subscribe for $40 per year, per year, and you get access to all content, not just this show and our sketches, um, but lots of um, short films, web series, TV series, and feature films, all that for you. My name is Kimberly DePersia, and I will see you tomorrow. <laughs>